Well, uh, good morning, everyone. Um, a very warm, is this a microphone on? A very warm welcome to you all here in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I say a warm welcome uh, in terms of our affection uh, to one another. We hopefully will uh, we'll warm, physically warm ourselves up uh, uh, as we go on. Um, a welcome also to those who are online, joining us online. Uh, this service is being live streamed, so it's a welcome to you. And a special welcome to anyone who may be new here today. You're, you're especially welcome. Just a reminder that we have um, refreshments after the service. We go through those doors. Uh, also through those doors of the loos and so on. And uh, join us for refreshments. Um, and also there's opportunity uh, at the close of the, the service for prayer. And again, if you would like prayer uh, for any reason, then just head over to that, that side of the, the room and uh, folk will be uh, ready and willing to pray with you. Just a, a notice to say that there is going to be, uh, during uh, the week of prayer for Christian unity, which we're in the midst of, a united service at St Mary's uh, Church at 6 o'clock this evening. So um, uh, St Mary's Church, that the Baptists are leading that, so the Baptists of Horsham, so please come along to that 6 o'clock. As our call to worship, some words from Psalm 40 we have on the screen. I'd like us to read these words out loud if, if you're able. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. <coughs> so we're going to sing together as we begin our time together in worship to our God. In Christ alone, my hope is found.
way for us to be reconciled to you, to be made friends with you. We thank you for the forgiveness that we can find through the Lord Jesus Christ. And thank you that we are able, because of him, to come into your holy presence, to be before you, to fellowship with you and with one another. We pray that you would move among us powerfully by the presence and power of your Holy Spirit here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please take your seats. I've got uh, something to show you. I want you to uh, have a look at them and to see what they have in common. This is not going to be a difficult one, okay? So, well, actually, it might have been difficult for, might be difficult for some people, but... Right, I'll read these out to you, so... Just like you, carpet stain remover. <coughs> Sif? Is that how you pronounce it? Well, it used to be Jif, didn't it? Sif, cream, 100% natural cleaning particles. Mm, didn't know they were in there, did you? My eyesight. Extracts Magnolia antibacterial hand wash. Kills 99.9% .9 of bacteria. So you better hope you haven't got that 0.1%. Got you. Che oh, cherry blossom. Washing up liquid. Tough on grease. That's not the musical, that's the... <laughs> Leaves, dishes, sparkling clean. They're great, aren't they? <laughs> What's the theme? What's the common theme? Cleaning. 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 You were about, about to say that, were you, Grace? Cleaning. Well done. All, they're all used for cleaning different things in different ways. And, and no doubt, if you rummaged around in your cupboard, uh, or you found on the side of your, in, in the kitchen, I think they're all, nearly all kitchen products, but you'd find these in every household. Because we need to keep the place clean, keep the, the dishes clean clean, keep our hands clean, uh, keep the sides and the units, oh this even cleans the bar, this one. did you know that Sandra? <laughs> so that's, or, or foolish, that, that cleans your shower, it does, that certainly does clean your shower as well. And uh, carpet stain remover, we, we, we sometimes need that. We've got a little dog, and um, sometimes I walk in mud all through the house. So we all need products to help us clean our household. But those aren't the only things that need cleaning. I, you know, I'm pleased to be wearing this jumper, but I nearly didn't today. Uh, because I, I know you can't tell, 
Oh, I hope you can't tell. <laughs> but actually, this has got stains down it. I, I think this is my, my dinner from, I don't know which day it was. <laughs> I think maybe when, Wednesday, I think. Maybe. Last year. Last year, it was probably. So I, I, did, I did go to put this in the wash, um, but uh, it was quite cold, so I thought I'd put it on instead. And of course... I brought this to, to clean it with. I love this. There you go. Some washing up powder. Uh, not washing up powder. Washing powder. See how, you, how many times I use this. So what I do, I... I mean, I think this is how you do it. Because I, it's amazing. Because I put, I put this... I put this kind of thing in, there's like a little basket in our bedroom. And I put it in dirty, it disappears. <laughs> and it appears all nicely folded up and clean on my bed. I think I've got a magic basket in my bedroom. <laughs> but I think, I think the, the way in which it's done is I mean, oh, I've lost the stuff. There it is. Because I've seen Sandra do this. <laughs> there you go. It's a special uh, washing pail. Uh, it's a special one. So if I just leave it on there, hopefully it'll be nice and clean by the time we're finished here. Won't it? No. Maybe if I rub it a bit. Yeah, I think, I think I've made a mistake there. Because it doesn't seem to be disappearing. Do you know what, what mistake have I made? Yeah? I'm supposed to put it in the washing machine. I'll, I'll go home and I'll try and uh, figure out where the washing machine is. I think, I, obviously, I've done that wrong. I, I, I know that, I, so thank you very much, William. I need to put this in the washing machine. I mean, of course, cleaning products only work if you use them correctly, as I'm learning today. Um, so... If we want to get things clean, we need to go about it in the right way. Because it's no good having a cleaning product and not knowing how to apply it. Each one of us has got things wrong in our lives, me included, of course. But I'm so thankful that God has sent his son, Jesus, to die on a cross to take away all of the wrong things I've done and to make me clean. And of course he's done that for everyone. But we have to receive that gift of life for ourselves. And we have to apply that gift of life to our lives. 
so that we can be clean, spotless, pure, without stain or wrinkle. I encourage us daily to go to the cross and to know that forgiveness, that cleansing, that renewal day by day. Or if you haven't done so already, to do so for the first time and to receive that free gift of life to be made clean today. going to sing a couple of songs together. My hope rests firm and how deep the Father's love for us.
So as we gather together in this place, we do so aware that we need you, aware that we want you, we want to give thanks and praise to you for what you have given to us, you've given us life, and through the Lord Jesus Christ you've given us life in all its fullness. And so as we spend these moments before you, as we sing to you, as we listen, as we receive what you have to say to us, we ask, Lord, that you would be touching and transforming our lives. Lord, we want to go out clean, renewed, refreshed, with a fresh fragrance of Christ about us. Lord, we are aware that we walk through this life, this world, and we do things or fail to do things that we shouldn't do or should have done. We say and think things, Lord, that are not right. And so, Lord, we come honestly before you and ask that you would meet us in our greatest need, that of friendship, fellowship with you. Lord, if there is anything in our lives that is bringing a barrier to you and your goodness and your grace towards us, we ask, deal with it now, deal with it today. And we also, Lord, in these moments, want to pray for others, we lift them to you, Lord, those that are on our hearts, our minds at this time. Those that we know and love. Those that we don't personally know, but we know about. Parts of the world around us, Lord, where there is desperate need. And we come before you, thanking you for this precious gift of prayer where we can lift others before you. Who are we, Lord? And yet it's because of you that you call us to enter into your presence and to intercede on behalf of others. And so, Lord, we lift up those who are in need of your touch upon their lives. Maybe those here in this place, those watching online, who are in need because of grief, because of sadness, because of illness, because of the responsibility of caring for others, because of tiredness, because of needs that we have in difficult times. And Lord, we come before you and thank you that you meet those needs and that you hear our prayers, not because of us, but because of you. And we want to thank you that you are speaking into our lives and that you are bringing about the changes and transformation that you desire to see. Lord, 
continue to do this. And Lord, as we continue to worship you, to sing to you, as we continue to listen to your word, we ask, glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to sing another couple of songs together.
So, Lord, we want to thank you. We, we, Hallelujah. And uh, we praise you. We ask, Lord, that you would speak to us through your word. Help us to hear, to listen, to respond to what you're saying to us in these days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please take your seats. Sandra is going to come and read to us from 2 Corinthians as part of our series as we go through Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verses 12 to 22. Now this is our boast. Our conscience testifies that we have conducted ourselves in the world and especially in our relations with you in the holiness and sincerity that are from God. We have done so not according to worldly wisdom but according to God's grace. For we do not write to you anything you cannot read or understand and I hope that as you have understood us in part you will come to understand fully that you can boast of us just as we will boast of you in the day of the Lord Jesus. Because I was confident of this, I planned to visit you first, so that you might benefit twice. I planned to visit you on my way to Macedonia, and to come back to you from Macedonia, and then to have you send me on my way to Judea. When I planned this, did I do it lightly? Did I make my plans in a worldly manner, so that in the same breath I say yes, yes, and no, no? But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what was to come. What is to come? Amen. Thank you, Sandra. As I say, we're going through um, a series looking at Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. And uh, in my preparation for this message, I've really wrestled with this one. Um... As you know, I can be very wordy, and so I've tried to spare you too many words. Um, and I've concentrated on the, the, on, on the text at hand, that the kind of text or the, the title that I've been uh, given, uh, in all sincerity. And uh, I want us to ask uh, and answer the question, what is the conduct of the Christian? according to the Apostle Paul in verse 12. Before we consider two aspects of the Christian's conduct, 
Paul writes that he and his companions conduct is in relation to two areas. Firstly, the world. He writes, how we have conducted ourselves in the world. And secondly, and as he puts it, especially in relation to the church. He writes, especially in our relations with you. In other words, Paul writes that the Christian conducts their life here in this world. We're not immediately removed from the world when we come to receive Christ for ourselves. We are left here for a while, short or long. And we have opportunity to conduct ourselves and conduct our lives in a manner that points the world to Christ. To live lives as witnesses of the grace and power of Christ. Christians, therefore, are those who are called to live differently from the world and its ways, methods and means. To put it simply, to be church is to be different from the world. However out of place and out of touch, this may make us feel or seem. Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 2 that we are to live our lives as strangers or foreigners here in this world. It, the, the word there is means uh, a sojourner means we're just passing through we don't belong here anymore and also therefore christians are to conduct themselves rightly before one another jesus of course made uh, clear that our fundamental witness to the world around us is in how we conduct ourselves with one another. You see, Jesus said in John chapter 13, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So we conduct ourselves in relation to the world and in relation especially to the church. What does Paul say is the Christian's manner of conduct? Well, as I said, two aspects. Firstly, we conduct ourselves with, as the New International Version puts it, integrity. Uh, it would do us well to better understand the Greek word that Paul uses here. It is haplotes. And it means something more like singleness or simplicity. It literally means not fold. In other words, without folds or layers or complexity. One commentary describes it as like a piece of cloth unfolded. I not compounded, not overcomplicated, not 
as he puts it, needlessly complex. Another commentator says it means kind of single-threaded versus multi-threaded. So here we have a manner of conduct that is of unworldly simplicity, a singleness, an unfoldedness, laid out flat for all to see, nothing hidden, simple. The Christian is to live their life with utmost integrity and honesty, free from pretense and hidden motives. It also can mean that Christians are to live with a singleness of mind towards Christ and a single-hearted faith in Christ to be seen by others around. When people see you, they're to see Jesus. Pure and simple. Nothing more complex or complicated than that. When people read the book of our lives, they should read pages filled with Jesus. Or put it this way, may your and my life paint Christ for all to see, plain and simple. So we are not to be duplicitous, divided, divisive, dishonest. The church is not to operate in this way. We are to be obvious, operating with single motives. Paul writes later in this second letter to the Corinthians, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is plain, also plain to your conscience, he writes. Of course, Jesus gave the church a clear, simple commission. Simple in the sense of not complicated, complex. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them and teaching them to obey everything he commanded. This is to be our focus, our task as church. The second aspect of the Christian's conduct, alongside integrity, is that we are to act with godly sincerity. Paul uses the Greek word here, elikrineia, and it literally means judged in the light of the sun. In other words, rightly judged because it is in full sunlight. It's, it's clear, it's obvious to see and can be judged clearly. We are to be those with pure inner 
motives. There should be a clarity, a purity, a transparency, a sincerity that comes from God himself. And actually this Greek word, uh, elikrinea, um, we find only three times in scripture and also only in Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Once in the first letter and twice in the second, one of which is the one in our passage. I think it'd be helpful for us to consider the use of this word that Paul uses in the other two contexts. In his first letter, Paul finds himself dealing with sexual immorality in the church. And he writes in chapter 5, verse 1, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. And to compound this, uh, and shocked and dismayed as he is, he also then goes on to write in verse 2, and you are proud. You know, the church should know that it is in big trouble when it is proud of its sinful <coughs> conduct. Pride and sexual sin is not good. Sometimes it is even celebrated. Paul writes in verse 2, shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning, grieving, and have put out of your fellowship the man who has been doing this? You see, sexual sin is more like death to be mourned rather than life to be celebrated. And Paul makes it clear that the church should be judging itself on such matters. As Paul puts it, dividing between matters of the flesh and matters of the spirit. And Paul uses strong and not uncertain terms. In verse 5, Hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. The church should mourn over its sin and its desire to appeal to and satisfy the flesh and the world. The church should not celebrate or declare its pride in such things. In our day we see the church embracing the flesh and resisting the spirit, welcoming and encouraging <coughs> such things, being proud and boastful even about sexual immorality. And Paul warns the Christians in Corinth in verse 6, your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough. See, the picture that Paul is putting here is if the church is not careful and deliberate in dealing with sin, sexual sin included, then sin will spread like an undesirable rogue yeast spreading through a batch of dough 
that is meant to be without yeast. It's meant to be flat and pure. And infectious yeast spreads throughout the dough until the whole batch of dough will have to be thrown out. Discarded. Useless. Paul warns the church that it should not be, in verse 8, leavened with malice and wickedness, but should be the unleavened bread of sincerity, elikrinea, and truth. And that's the context that he uses that verse, that, that word. The church is called to be clear, pure, transparent in its conduct, clear, clearly seen for what it is and what it is meant to be. And as Paul writes clearly and strongly to the church at Corinth in this first letter, instructing them in verse 9 not to associate with sexually immoral people, he goes on to make clear that he is not talking about, in verse 10, the people of this world that are immoral or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave this world. Paul is saying, associate with such people just as Jesus did. Because there needs to be salvation. People need to be awakened. We are to live as church, pure and holy in our lives, changed by Jesus in the midst of a needy and broken and immoral world. We are to be different and show that things can be different. And Paul goes on to write to those Christians in Corinth, in verses 11 to 13, I am writing to you, just to make this clear, that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, who claims to be a, a Christian, a follower of Christ, but is sexually immoral, or greedy, an idolater, or slanderer, a drunkard, or swindler. Do not even eat with such people. What business is it of mine, he writes, to judge those outside the church? That's not our business, to go around judging people outside of the church. Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Paul writes, expel the wicked person from among you. So Paul is writing that the church is to have conduct that is sincere, transparent, free from accusation of wrongdoing and impurity. And the purpose that Paul is writing uh, with within the church is that people turn away from sin and turn back to him who saved us. 
not to keep on going in it. We are those who are judged by the, in the light of the sun. God sees us. He knows us. We cannot hide from him. Nothing's hidden from his sight. He sees things as they are. He sees clearly, rightly. He judges perfectly. So we're not to be a people of pretense, but a people of purity. We all sin. But we're to turn from our sin. To live differently. To live for him who died to take away our sin. To give us life in all its fullness. He removes the filth from me and makes me pure. Not something I've done. It's what he does. He does the same with each of us as we let him. And the Holy Spirit points out wrongdoing. He convicts us of our sin. Not that we might celebrate it and be proud of it or encourage it or call it good. But that we might turn from it. And begin to do what's right. To live a better way. To be Christ-like. And the other place where this particular word is used, Paul writes later in his second letter, in chapter 2, that we're now ministers of a new covenant in Christ Jesus. In other words, we're those whom God is now able to use. In verse 14, to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. How can we do that if we still smell like the world? If we're not distinctive, but we still stink of sin, of disobedience. You know, we can smell milk that's gone off, as soon as you realise you wouldn't want to put it in your cup of tea, because it'll spoil the whole lot. Or water that's stagnant, you wouldn't want to drink it, because it would make you ill. Christ calls his church to be pure, holy. Verse 15, with a pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. And Paul says that our message is freely available and freely received. Of course, he writes, not everyone offers salvation freely. There are many in our world who offer help, but at a price. Paul writes in verse 17, unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ we speak before God with sincerity, elikrinea, as those sent from God. The church is made up of those who are sent by God into a needy, broken, sinful world. 
and a world that we see clutching at straws to solve its problems and to find its way in the darkness. Yet we have purity, transparency, simplicity to offer in the person of Christ Jesus. This world needs to see a church that is different, not the same as them. A church that is made up of people who themselves, yes, have messed up, yet have been cleaned up, unfolded, who conduct themselves with integrity and godly sincerity. In this way, as his disciples, we present Christ. That's who we have to offer. What else of value do we have to offer to those around us? Let us pray. Oh Lord, we realise that the reason why you highlight things in our lives that are not as they should be is not because you want us to make you want to make us feel bad about ourselves or want to drive us away. It's completely the opposite. You draw us near. You want us to come close. You want us to know your cleansing. And your forgiveness. And so Lord we come honestly before you. We know we need you. Lord we know that we have stains. Will you clean us up? Will you wash us clean and will you set us free from the things that bind us and hold us back. From being the people that you've called us to be in this world. Have mercy upon us, Lord. It's not because we were wonderful, we were great, we were amazing that you stepped in to our world and took a hold of us for yourself. And so, Lord, this day, sweep our houses clean, scrub us from top to bottom, wash us clean that we may be different, renewed, restored, repaired, revived. Glorify your name through us. And Lord, in the areas that we trip up, maybe we keep tripping up, deal with those, help us, Lord, we pray. Help us to help one another, to walk with one another and to watch over one another with integrity and godly sincerity. Thank you that you call us not to follow Christ as individuals, trying to make it on our own, but you call us with one another, together as church. And so, Lord, we pray that we may show so much grace and goodness to each other 
Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing our closing hymn, Tell Out My Soul.